the House come to order if members can take their seats. This budget is a huge job maker, and the number one solution to economic insecurity is a job. Hungry children can't learn, and it's our responsibility to try to help. Equality and opportunity. I believe most people are here because they want to do some good. Welcome to Capital Ideas, where members of the Democratic majority in the Washington State House of Representatives sit down at the Capitol and talk about ideas to make the evergreen state a better place to live, work, raise a family, patronize a local business, snowboard, ride a bike, paddle a kayak, or whatever you like to do. Whatever it is, it's better in Washington State. The last time today's guest was here, she was chair of the House Judiciary Committee. That's a pretty good job title, but in January 2020, she stepped out of that chair to become the first woman to serve as Speaker of the House in state history. You know by now I'm talking about Speaker Lori Jenkins, the Tacoma Democrat who occupies the coveted corner office on the third floor of the Capitol building in Olympia. I could say more, but you're better off hearing from her, so that's it for today's introduction. We recorded this from far distant offices a couple of days ago, and this is how it went. Welcome back to Capital Ideas, Speaker of the House, Lori Jenkins. The last time you were here, you were Representative Lori Jenkins. It's great to talk to you, no matter what I call you. Thanks, Dan. It's, it's really great to talk to you, uh, too. I didn't realize it had been that long since I'd done one of these podcasts. It's been a while. The first time you and I sat down together on Capital Ideas was 11 years ago this coming summer. You were a first-term lawmaker, and you were already busy. Now it's 11 years later. You're the Speaker of the House, and I suspect you're still pretty busy. One of the things I want to talk about today is going to be how busy is it during a short session? A short session is a real sprint from day one till signing die. Uh, you are just, you're frequently running or I'm frequently running a little bit faster than I actually can. As speaker, I try to focus my priorities on really paying attention to our caucus priorities. And I think those caucus priorities really stem from our members being out in their communities and understanding what are the community priorities across the state. So my time gets really, I think when I boil it down, I believe strongly that my time is being spent doing the work of the people through our caucus um, who connect to people across the state. I guess the other thing that I would add is uh, I've become even more convinced every year that I'm in this job that I work with brilliant people. The members and the staff that I work with are incredibly creative and they're, I, I'm convinced that there's not a single problem that they can't solve if they're able to put their minds to it. Some problems are very complicated and take more than a year to solve. So every problem can't be solved in a short session, but the, the amazingness of the people that I work with, I'm just, I'm lucky that I get to kind of help shepherd some of that brilliance. That is always very comforting to me in this job. You mentioned that one of your primary goals for this short session is to focus on your caucus's priorities. This is a perfect time for you to tell us what those priorities are. Yeah, we're really focused this year on four things, and and really, they're very similar to what we were focused on last year, too, in this time of pandemic that none of us have ever been through before. 
but we see that we are coming out of this pandemic economically strong in Washington state, but the economic well-being of Washingtonians across the state is really important because one of the things that we have also seen is when we have economic downturns, people who go into those economic downturns doing pretty well usually come out of them doing okay, need some, need some help, but doing okay. But people who go into it in a really rough spot almost always come out of it in a worse spot. And that is something we want to avoid as we come out of the coronavirus pandemic. We want to make sure that we're investing in the services in Washington to really help improve people's economic well-being. So that's a primary both budget priority for us, as well as policy bill priority. The second thing, which is really related to this, is making sure that the services that our government provides are really serving the people of the state and what they need, whether that's in K-12 education or in higher ed or in all kinds of services that we offer. You know, I think a really good example is that I think all of us across the state have had issues. I know in my community I have with catalytic converters being stolen. And I hear this in neighborhoods all over my district. Uh, and so Cindy Ryu had this great bill on uh, the theft of catalytic converters. I mean, it's already illegal and a criminal act. To make it more of a criminal act doesn't really do anything. So we wanted to actually have a bill that really does something. And I think her bill does because it focuses on people who purchase catalytic converters and the metals from them and says, hey, you have to know you have to get proof that the catalytic converter or those metals that you're buying are actually coming from the people who own the vehicle. And then, and then it also will study and look if there's to see if there's other things that we can do. I think that's just one example of many of serving people better. And then there are two areas where we prioritized very highly last year, and we will probably continue to prioritize these for a super long time because it took us a long time to get where we're at, and it's going to take us a long time to get to a different spot. The first is racial equity and justice. Again, just an example of a piece of legislation that we moved forward was a Tina Orwall bill on language access in the K-12 system because we have so many parents who really want to engage in their kids' education, who really want to help their kids be successful, and yet they don't speak English as a first language. They don't understand the special terminology that's used in education. You know, for a lot of parents whose kids might have an IEP or um, an individual education plan, those of us who have English as a first language, it's hard enough for us to navigate. Think about what it would be if English wasn't your first language. So that's, I think, a, a great example. And then finally, addressing the existential threat of climate change is our fourth priority. And we do that, again, both in our budget and in policy bills. But I think the thing I want to highlight the most is our transportation package. This year is probably the biggest thing we'll do on climate change because it uses all the money that comes in from the Climate Commitment Act and it invests in transportation in a way that we drive down carbon in our transportation system rather than drive it up. Everything from electrification of ferries to safe routes to school to better transit availability for Washingtonians and all kinds of other things in that. And it's it's the greenest package that we've ever seen. We're doing a lot of historic things this year, but the transportation package is amongst the most historic. So that was a very long answer, Dan. But it was an informative answer and I appreciate it. I want to stop right now and point out that everybody is familiar with the term Speaker of the House, but I doubt if most people really know what the Speaker of the House does. 
I did a little research, and it turns out that it's a 14th century British creation. The Speaker of the House of Commons was a liaison between the monarch and the House of Commons. That's not really what you do. Well, depending on who you are, Dan, there are people who think that's what I do. So tell us, what's a day in the life of the Speaker of the House, this Speaker and this House? I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood today. Um, I'm usually in a pretty good mood, I think, but I find every day of this job to be completely exhilarating. It's not always exhilarating in a positive way. Sometimes it's you're trying to fix something that's really gone off the rails. But let me just talk first on a personal level. I continue to learn every single day from every person I talk to and everything that happens. And I just feel like there aren't that many people that get get that in their work life. The chance to learn every single day, that can be incredibly taxing and tiring to be learning at every moment. But it it's something that I, I really welcome and I feel lucky to have that opportunity. During the session, my day is really mixed with trying to move policy and budget items forward. And usually, like, I'm not involved in every single issue. I'm usually involved when there's a problem. So that's one of the other challenges of being the speaker is, like, when everything's going great, nobody needs to talk to you. It's going great. They need to talk to you when things aren't going great and to try and figure out how we can move forward. And I think one of the biggest skills that I develop as in a, and can continue to develop as a speaker is not to be able to be the solver of every problem, but to be able to put the right people together to solve the problem. And I, as the longer I'm in this job, the more people I know, the more I can draw on to solve problems. The other thing that people don't see at all is that I'm the lead person to run the house. And so over the last couple of years during the course of the pandemic, a lot of my time has been spent thinking about how do we make sure we protect the staff? How do we make sure we protect the public? How do we make sure that we're able to do our work? We've had two, two mostly remote sessions. We're going to be bringing more members onto the floor now. But just getting that set up, again, I didn't do all of that, but I was responsible to make sure it happened and to put the right people together. And then there's always a politics side to the job that you got to do. So it's a mixture of a lot of different things. And every day brings new challenges. And one of the axioms I've started to live by also is uh, every solution brings a new problem. <laughs> so no, you don't ever really put any problem quite to bed. You just uh, might resurrect a new problem uh, that you have to figure out how to address. You know, you're elected to represent your constituents in the 27th district. And that's a pretty big job, as well as the huge responsibility you've been given by your colleagues in the House, which is be our leader. How do you balance those two jobs that seem like they could pull you in a couple of different directions now and then? Yeah, well, that's a good question. And I guess I just always want to say, Dan, I'm still learning how to do all these things. And I, it wouldn't matter if I were speaker for another year or another 20 years. I'd still be learning. I think... I have the unique opportunity as speaker, for example, on budget items uh, in the capital budget and in the um, operating budget. And my seatmate is chair of the transportation committee, right? So he can really look out for the district and the transportation 
budget and then I can talk to the budget teams about priorities for my district, particular priorities. And that way I can talk to them about it and, you know, put in requests for, for budget items, just like any member does. Although I suppose when it comes from somebody whose title is speaker, then you get a fair amount of attention to those things. <laughs> I don't sponsor legislation anymore, which is really super unusual for me, but I get to be a major part of deciding what bills come to the floor. So I always have kind of at least a couple of views going on as I'm looking at what bills are available to come to the floor. I do think about what do people who live in the 27th district think about this or what might they think about this and what feedback have I gotten about it from my district? And then I'm also thinking about what feedback have I gotten from my caucus and essentially the rest of the state about this issue. And luckily for me, those things typically align very, very well. In fact, I haven't really had a circumstance where I don't think they align. So that's been really good. But I, I end up having kind of a lot of quiet, I guess, quiet power rather than having my name on bills. There's less than two weeks now until the legislature is scheduled to adjourn for the year. For several years, the Washington legislature almost had a tradition of having at least one special session every year. Part of that was because the legislature was divided by party, but part of it was just because the work is tough. Are we going to adjourn on time this year as we have during your previous two years at the helm? I definitely expect that we'll get out on time this year or die trying. We're really focused on that, but we do have really big things to, to do. I would just note that a lot of the special sessions that I've been in during my 11 years in the legislature were during the Great Recession. And part of what would happen is that, for example, for budgets, the money that we thought we had available to budget with at the beginning of session would just plummet during the course of session. And so we would have to rewrite the budget and rewrite the budget. This year, different challenge. We got additional revenue that we can invest in Washingtonians. And we have a historic supplemental budget that we're going to move off the floor of the House and then come to agreement with the Senate on. But because that's so historic and we've invested different things in between the House and the Senate, that'll be a big piece of negotiation to do. You know, the transportation package that I mentioned early on, those don't come around every every year. There's only been one other transportation package that I voted on in my 11 years here, right? So it's like a once in a decade thing. So we want to make sure that we're able to get that done too. And there's lots of big bills, but those budget, those two big budgets are really significant, as is the capital budget, but that will likely be agreed upon pretty quickly. This is your third session as Speaker of the House, and two-thirds of that time has been spent under some pretty weird conditions. The pandemic totally wiped out in-person legislating last year, and this year it's been kind of a hybrid. It seems to be moving toward more in-person stuff here at the end of this session, but it's still not like your first year. What are you looking forward to most about that time when you'll get back to a full chamber with 98 members at their desks and people overflowing the galleries? Well, you know, Dan, I don't know that we'll get to that by the end of this short session, but I think we'll get closer to that this session. For me, the thing that I miss the most, I guess on a positive side, I want to say we have been able to accomplish an incredible amount. The work that we have done um, on behalf of the people of this state over the last two years, I think is truly extraordinary. But I can see even in this short session, the damage that's done to relationship 
um, amongst members and members and staff. I, I don't mean that people are hostile to one another. It's just people are much less connected. And just the mere fact of having members and eventually probably not until next session, but having staff back here, the way that we're able to craft extraordinary solutions to problems has always been, honestly, uh, it's been both during committee work, but also in those informal back and forth where we're walking over to another member on the floor and talking about something, walking to the wings and asking a staff member a question and that sparks a, a particular solution. And I, I just, I miss the interaction and the creativity that people being together brings. I do think it will, being able to be, have a lot of people back together will bring both creativity. And I know a lot of folks tend to talk about the partisanship that's arisen. And I continue to have hope that being together will help us be able to address some of that and to be able to solve, you know, solve more problems together than maybe we have been. Uh, even though we've done a pretty good job on bipartisanship, I think as you look at bills off of the floor. I hope you're right on all counts and that you get a chance to find out soon. Thanks, Dan. Me too. You're just about out of time, and I think I'm going to lose you to another meeting soon. But before you go, I want to find out what kind of lorry time have you got planned for the interim? Are you going to do some backpacking this year? Yeah, you know, it's I. folks may know that I've been uh, backpacking the Pacific Crest Trail for quite a long time now. And uh, this year, I am scheduled to complete Washington State and be done with uh the Washington State section of the Pacific Crest Trail. So I'm excited to have some backpacking planned in August to be able to do that. And I believe I've saved the most beautiful part of the entire trail, Goat Rocks, to be my the last thing that I complete. Uh, so there's that. Uh, I've been invited. I hope we can do it. I've been invited to do uh, some leadership study with the National Conference of State Legislatures in Normandy this summer. And we'll take... Um, uh, my family with me, because uh, luckily my wife speaks French. So that's, she's great to travel with for many reasons, but including uh, the fact that she speaks French going to France. That'll help. You know, so we'll probably do a lot of that. And the other thing is, I'm just looking forward to a summer where I'll be able to be out in community, talking to folks in my community. I'm so looking forward to that. There will there'll be many other things, but uh, visiting my my mom, who just last spring, about a year ago this time, moved into her new house in the Midwest. And it turns out that her new house, we grew up in a very small town in the Midwest. Her new house is the house that she actually grew up in. And the house that my paternal grandmother then bought. And as a child, I was at the house all the time because my paternal grandmother lived in the house. And now my mom has bought it and is living in it and loving it. So I'm looking forward to visiting my mom. It sounds like a great summer, and I wish you the best. We've been talking today with Speaker of the House, Laurie Jenkins. This has been a real treat, and I appreciate you stopping by for another Capital Ideas. Thanks a lot, Laurie. Thank you, Dan. Pretty special, huh? I'd say the big gavel in the State House of Representatives is in good hands. If you've already subscribed to Capital Ideas, thank you. If not, today is a great day to start with, and you'll never miss another one if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you like. 
The point is, this is your state government, and what goes on here matters. The more you know about how it works, the better it can work for you and for everyone. I'm Dan Frizzell for the Washington State House Democrats, proudly putting people first since 1889. Thanks for your time.